Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Hey, Nest Church. I'm excited to see all of you, excited to hear from you guys. Wow, I know indeed God is doing some beautiful things in our lives. Even while we are in these uncertain times, God is working. And I know he's faithful. We can now stand and look at each other and say, God is faithful. God is our shepherd. God is our refuge. God is our fortress. He is our ever-present help in a time of need. Like I feel like you can personally stand and actually speak those words slowly and you feel and you actually feel that they are true they are coming like you feel how real they are and uh it's just amazing how god has worked in our lives in these uncertain times i'm uh, i'm excited to be bringing the word today and uh it's it's so humbling and uh just want to just give thanks to pastor rigo thank you so much for the opportunity and I can't take it for granted. Uh, thank you so much, everyone else, for keeping pressing on, being persistent in trusting God, even when trust is being shaken. <laughs> We're going to go just straight into God's word and just share a couple of things and learn a couple of principles that even we can apply now, but also forever in our lives. For, for truth be told, we are not the first people that are going through a pestilence or a plague or famine. If, if Elijah and Moses and all of these patriots in the Bible stand and they look at us, I, I feel like they would even laugh. Why? Because they feel like we are feeling bad about what was normal to them then. I, uh, Moses was in a pestilence. during. Remember the times of Pharaoh when, when, he, when they were going through plagues, the seven plagues that were consistently coming to them as a nation. While they were even sent to Pharaoh, they never affected Pharaoh alone. They affected the whole nation. But apart from that moment, also Elijah went into a moment when there was no food, there was nothing, and, and he had actually to, to live in these uncertain times and stay faithful and trust God and share the gospel just like the way we are today. So people like that, like another example is Joseph. Joseph was able to come up with an idea that helped to sustain the whole nation during uncertain times. So, but those guys, there's a couple of things they did that, that before I even jump into what I want to talk about, there are certain things that they did. Pestilence and famines and times of crisis or devastations, they never subtracted from the effectiveness of who they are as believers. They were faithful. They continuously did what was right, even when the seasons were uncomfortable. I remember when Elijah went to that Zarephath woman, the widow woman, and, 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 and out of the miracle where God sustained them with the raven before then he goes to this woman, she made a miracle to that woman and she was meant also to be sustained by that same miracle she was doing for a woman. And I love that because there is no one who is going to take the credit. Why? Because it was not really about Elijah. It was about what God was doing for Elijah but also for the woman that he had met, he had met at that time. So, yes, we are being impacted by this same gospel that we share. 
we equally equally share in the in the in your testimonies in your labors in your doings in your fervency in all these beautiful things that god is doing in you through you but also alongside you today we're going to go and dive into one of the stories uh, in the bible uh when jesus himself our savior was came a day when he was with the disciples and they were crossing over and just before i read the scripture let's pray together heavenly father we thank you so much for this time we thank you so much for your love for us we thank you that you are the god who sustains us at all times you are the sustainer you are our redeemer you are our father you are the forgiver of sin you are the redeemer you are our god in whom we trust even as we dive into your word we trust you we call upon you to just be with us and continue to direct us for your glory in Jesus name and everyone says amen and amen thank you so much for listening in right from where you are your own at at your homes with your children maybe you're at your workplace maybe you're seated in a in your little room or prayer room you're welcome to our online service and I'm excited so this is what the scripture says I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 4 verse 35 to 41 it says uh the title in the new king james version i love the way new king james version sort of entitles or gives themes to to context to help us sort of get into context of understanding scripture it's entitled wind and waves obey jesus says on the same day when the evening had come he said to them let us cross over to the other side now when they had left the multitude they took him along in the boat as he was and the other little boats were also with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling but he was in a stern asleep on a pillow and they awoke they 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 awoke him and said to him teacher do you not care that we are perishing verse 39 then he rose up and rebuked the wind and said to the wind peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm and he said to them why are you so fearful how is it that you have no faith and they feared exceedingly and said to one another who can this be that even the winds and the seas obey him that is what the bible says this context of scripture is such an amazing scripture and i want just to sort of break it down there are a couple of things that stand out that i want you to put at the back of 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 your mind or in your heart even as you note down those things the first one on a certain day i love what actually luke says when when luke testifies about this he say that the, on a certain day meaning that actually god was certain jesus was certain about this day it was a known day it was not abrupt it was planned he the, 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 when you go and read in look it said on a certain day something happened he said that let us cross over so he was certain he knew that at such a specific day he was meant to get into the boat with the disciples to cross over which means that sometimes whatever happens to us even though we look uncertain god is actually certain about everything that goes on by the time he says that we are crossing over we are going to the next level we are going to do something he's certain he was certain even while the disciples 
looked uns- while we are uncertain and the disciples were uncertain then, she was certain about it. Then number two, for you to note in the concept, uh, context of that scripture, she got in the boat with the disciples. She never left them to go alone. That's key for you to understand. Because sometimes we carry a mindset where we think probably you are alone in this. You are alone. Some people have questions like, where is God in all this? Where is God in all this? Where was God when I was passing through this? Where is God when the world is like this in the times of crisis? Well, I want to tell you, he's not just with you, he's in you. The Bible says that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in you and he's right there with you. He's convicting you. He's, he's the one directing you. He has given you the grace and the masses every day for you to live a life that you're living actually today. She was with them in the, in the boat. So that's also context for us to understand, but even put it in the context today of what we are going through. Number three, understanding, understanding a moment of crossover. Crossover. They were crossing over. Storms make meaning to only fishermen. There are certain things that we go through that can only be understood by us because as believers, we, should, we ought to be familiar with pestilences and famines. Why? Because God has informed us in his word that these are things that have actually happened before such that we prepare prior. But don't, let, let me also focus on the crossing over. He said that they were crossing over. That word crossing over, it means that they were going on the other side. If there's going to be a crossing over, a promotion, an, an enlightenment, if there's going to be growth in the life of a believer, there has to come a storm. There has to be shakings. There has to be things that come to form your character, to develop you, to put you into that full image that God wants you to, to be. So sometimes I always love using the example of you have a calling, you have all these beautiful things that are going on in your life. People don't swallow mangoes. People actually take mangoes. They crush them. Mangoes are crushed. They are eaten. Whether in a blender, whether in something, whether in a machine or yourself, but they have to be crushed. So out of the crushing comes, comes tests that are aroma, the beauty. So while you, the people are beginning to say that he's wonderful, she's wonderful, she's a great prayer warrior, she's, she's fervent, she has humility, she's available, she's responsible. The cost at which they say that is a crushing that you feel on the inside of you. So every time, sometimes we feel crushed, even as we cross over, as we go on the other side, people testify of the great things that are actually going on in, in, in our lives. Number four, as they sailed, he fell asleep. He rested. That word asleep means different things in the context. So when you go in the Bible and you try to understand what was the root word or the meaning of the word um, of, of asleep, it actually means he rested. He went into rest. He went into rest. Uh, the other version or the other writer, um, I think Luke says he put his head on the pillow. Actually, this writer says, Mark, he put his head on the pillow. So he rested. Um, uh, but I want you with me to pause and, and, and sort of think about this. God rested. She rested. We know that Jesus Christ was fully God. Even while she was fully man and he was, he was susceptible or she could be affected by everything that was going on in the world, she was fully God. But the Bible here says that she rested and he continued to rest even in the midst of the storm. This is where we are all going to end today. This one gives me the theme for today's sermon is rest. 
You can call it still, being still or being rested, even in times of crisis. And that's what I want to talk, us about, to, talk to us about. But also, if you go and read in Psalms 121, verse 4, it says that, Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither sleep or slumber. Our God does not slumber on us. It doesn't mean that he actually slept off. No, he just rested. He rested. And this is such a very big thing for us to understand even as we go ahead to know and expound more in this scripture. Number five, knowing that there were also other little boats <laughs> on the sea. When you go back, actually, in the same verse that I read for you, it says that um, in verse 36 that he had left in the multitude, he took alongside him in the boat, and other little boats were also with him. We are also with him. Other little boats, we are also with him. Understanding this context of scripture is that it, what, whatever happened to them, they were not the only people who actually experienced it. The full sea, the old sea is full of other boats going through the same storms, having different graces, being affected by different things. But still in all this, God was there with them. She was there. She was right there. There were very many other little boats that were on the sea that day. So, I want to encourage you, in the context of what we are going through today, you're not the only one who is going through what we are going through. There are so many other believers facing what you're facing and even worse than what you're going through. But, our God is sustaining all of us. Sustainability is not selfish. God sustains all of us. And the moment we lock it down that we are not the only ones in the boat, we are with Jesus. And Jesus, there are so many other disciples with that. That's also another level. But then also, there are also other boats. I want to call other boats denominations and other different beliefs and races still trying to follow, <laughs> follow Jesus in their own perspective. But for some reasons, he is in your boat, he's not in their boat. I want you to pause and think about that because that's key for you to understand. The Bible is very clear about how we receive Christ. Not everyone has received Christ, but everyone believes that there is a God. Not everyone has this God in their boats. So for me, I want to interpret the boat, the boat as your body. I want to interpret Jesus being in your body, being in your heart, seated in you which is not the same experience everyone else in other places is having. So this one takes me. How do we actually respond now after putting all of these things in context? How do we respond in times of crisis, in times of storm? What is the best way? How do, when, how do we usually respond? The response, I, I want to take us back to actually how the disciples responded in verse 8, 38. It says, this is what it says. But he was in a stand asleep, and they woke him up and says, Teacher, don't you care we are perishing? This is how they responded. They had him all this time. They tried to do things in their own efforts. They tried to put the sails together. Because if you notice on that boat, there were very many fishermen. Sometimes professionalism limits the humility that comes with what, what we have to learn with depending on God. Professionalism limits our dependency on God. Sometimes you feel like, I can do it alone. 
I can work through it. I can figure it out. I can find a way. They did all that and they failed because the storm was too strong for them. But yet again, they woke him up with this voice like, Teacher, don't you care we are perishing? Is that the kind of prayer you're looking at in such a time as this? Jesus, don't you care we are dying? Don't you care people are dying of this thing that is going on? Don't you care that my sister is sick? Don't you care that we are lacking? Don't you care that we are struggling? Don't you care that we are dying? Don't you care? Some, it's so easy for us to go into that mentality of responding back to God that way, not because he's not in us, but because we neglected him before and we tried to do things on our own and we failed, now we are going back to him with that kind of prayer. And this is for us to check ourselves because it's really key. Our prayers easily tend to be prayers of complaining, all centered on the storm, centered on what we are going through much more than who is in us, who is with us in the boat. Don't you care? We are perishing. We feel like Care is not there at all during the times of, 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 of storms. We feel like our God is not caring. We feel like he's not minding about us. But I love what the way Jesus responded to that. And this should be such a key for us to learn from and understand. Jesus responded like this. He responded by rebuking the wind. And he said, he stood up. Let me go back and read for that context of scripture. The Bible says that, verse 39, he rose up. So our complaining awakens God to actually respond. God responds to complaints, but much more he calls us to a place of responsibility, as we are going to see. He rose up and he said, he rose up and rebuked the wind and said, peace be still. That's what he said to the, to the wind. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Peace be still. And that's what he said. And that one takes me back to what I'd started before. She was calling them to a place of where he was before. And then he turned to them and said, that, why are you so fearful? Why are you so much of little faith? When the times of storms come, we easily go back and we tend to be limited by, 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 by what we are going through. We are limited by the intensity and the frustration that comes with the crisis. Like we are having right now. We are frustrated by the fact that some jobs have gone away. We are going through so many things. But we awake him through that. And when he comes, he's saying that, peace be still. But right now, I want to speak that same word to you. Peace be still. God is calling us to rest in him. He's calling us to accept him, to take over. He's calling us to know that the battle is not ours. The battle is the Lord's. Maybe he's calling us. He expected them to rebuke the wind too, but they could not. And it, actually, I love what Jesus Christ later on talks about. The two greatest fears or limitations that come in the time of crisis, even right now, as we are going through this time. He's saying to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So these are the fears. The fear to die. The fear to fail. The fear to be disappointed. The fear to lose. The fear to try things and they don't work out. Fear is the enemy of faith in the times of crisis. Not faith at all whereby you become faithless that you don't even pick your Bible to read it again, where you're so prone that you can't listen to the word of God in this time. Have you, become that to the, have you come to that place whereby you feel you can't even listen to the word of God anymore? It does not make sense to you anymore? You can't even hear and pause and listen to someone anymore. Why? Because 
the crisis has overpowered you so much that you've done to God and said, Do you, don't you care that we are perishing? That's what he's saying. But he says that these are greatest limitations. The times of failing to listen to God and focus and hearken on his words. Those are the times because of fear. Fear is a feeling while faith is a belief. Feelings change all the time, but our faith, our, our faith stays consistent. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to go back as even as I put everything together. In conclusion, being still, Jesus Christ was trying to call disciples to a place of rest. How comes that even as the storms are going on, there is a man in the boat who is resting? <laughs> He's resting in the storm. I also want you to pause and ponder. He was resting during the time of storm. And when he, when he stood up, he simply spoke the same thing. He was simply calling them to the same experience that he was going through. Peace be still. Peace be still. I want to go ahead and sort of expound the place of stillness. Je Moses was in the same, when I go back and uh, sort of in Exodus and track back, when the children of Israel had left the, 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 the land where they were under captive and they were moving towards the, 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 the promised land, they, they reached a place where Pharaoh was coming after them and he was chasing them. I'm reminded they reached a time when you can read Exodus chapter 14, all of it. It's going to expound more of that. Moses was so confused. He reached a time whereby the Red Sea was before them. They could not cross over, but then also Pharaoh was coming. They could neither go back or move in front. It was hard. And I feel like there's someone in that place where you can't go back to what you used to be and you, you feel also you're not going forward. You're scared about the future. You're scared because it doesn't look pleasurable. You can't cross over. You can't go to the other side. Moses, this is what shocks me. And uh, it's the context of actually why I read that scripture. Moses used the same words that Jesus used. In verse, in verse 13, this is what it says, Exodus 14, 13. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. He went back to fear. Stand still, be still, stand still, and you shall see the deliverance that the Lord, the Lord is going to accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians that you see, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Moses uses the same word. Stillness, it's a place of rest. Stillness is a place of trusting God. Stillness, it's a place of clarity. The psalmist says that you lead me besides quiet waters, besides still waters. Still waters are so clear that you can see what is in them. Still waters are so clear that you can hear things. When, they are, when, they, when, when you stand in the midst of still waters, you can hear every creature that shouts when the water becomes still. So it's a place of, a place of clarity. In such a time as this, God is calling us to, to, to be still, to trust him. It's a place of understanding him. It's a place of yielding and clinging to him. When, they, when, they, when, when, when the children of Israel became still, then they were able to see a way where there seemed to be no way. We are able to see the Red Sea opening up and the water splitting. And they saw a way when they responded by being still. So today I'm calling you to be still. And the Bible says again, uh, Psalms 46 verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted on earth. God is calling us to be still. Being still, you pause. 
the concerns of the world. Let go and let go. You cannot make it. You can't make it on your own. I love what the Bible again says in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 5. It, it's so clear. It's like trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. But I want to just sort of read it for us in the message version. I love what the message version says. This is what it says. Let me read it for us. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He is the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. When you do that, your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. When you do that, your bands will burst. Your wine vast will brim over. But don't, dear friend, resent God's discipline. Don't sulk under his loving correction. It's a child that God loves that he corrects. God is calling, I'm calling you to a place of trust. Trusting God and knowing that he's actually God. Even right now as we are in the times of crisis, he is in control. I don't know what someone is going through right now, but I believe God is calling us to be still. God is calling us to trust him. God is calling us to, to go back and look on his word and throw his word back to him. Because he never failed. The Bible is clear. Some people in such a time as this, some people are trusting in chariots, other people trust in horses, other people trust their energy, other people trust in, in their efforts, anything, all sorts of, other people are trusting their different vaccines that they are testing and they are not working. But guess what? But we trust in the name of the Lord our God, the maker of heaven and earth. He is our comforter. He is our teacher. He is all things. So today, I just want to take some time right now and just pray for you in the area of being still. I want you to take some time right where you are. And we're just going to speak that same word, peace be still. As simple as that. I'm, uh, I don't know what you're going through. You could be here. But even you may be here and you're listening in, maybe from where you are. And you have not yet accepted Jesus. I love what the portion of scripture said. That what actually made the, the, them survive is because they had Jesus in the boat. He rose up and said to the wind, peace be still, and it stopped. Do you have Jesus in your life? Have you accepted Jesus in your heart? He is the only security and condition for which you're going to make it. He's the only condition on which you're going to be sure that even while the storms come, he who, has, he who is the one who has created the whole earth, in, he, in him all things were made. He who winds can obey is on the inside of you. And the only way you can be sure is by receiving Jesus today. Would you receive Jesus? The one that has, has made you, the one that has been there for you? Maybe right now you feel that strong conviction and you have, you have done things on your own like the disciples and you have tried every methodology and everything and it has not worked. Would you accept Jesus to help you? Would you allow him to come and take over? Because it's upon him. I thank God that they woke him up. They had someone to wake up during the moments of storm. Even right now as we are passing through so much stuff, we have someone to lean on, to wake up, to tap on and say, God, I'm passing through this. And that's Jesus. If that's you, I want to pray with you. 
you're going to say a very simple a very simple prayer after me and then afterwards pastor rigo is going to give you instructions on on how you can connect and uh, you can connect all of the different platforms that we have here maybe connect online meet a counselor and talk to you about this new life of jesus it's going to be great i have never regretted ever since i received jesus would you write where you are pray with me just repeat after me say dear jesus i receive you today i confess with my mouth that you are my lord and my savior i dedicate my heart to you i dedicate my life to you come and help me save me from everything that i've been going through from today i confess with my mouth that you are my lord and my savior you are my confidence you are my comforter you are my refuge you are my fortress you are my everything i give my life to you i confess and say from today i am saved by you in christ jesus and everyone says amen and amen now i want to take also some time and pray for the other category of people if you're going to, you're going to do something i want us to pray using that same word that jesus used because as believers the disciples never got a chance to speak to the storm to say peace be still because they were fearful to an extent that they reached a time that they had no faith even in whom he who was in the boat with them i want to pray for you but before i even pray for you i want you to just continue to say that same word peace be still i want each one of you to exercise faith and take some time and and just look at your storm look at all the moments of storm that you're going through and i just want us to speak through those storms the same word that the disciples spoke the same word that they spoke and, they, and, and that jesus actually spoke sorry and he said peace be still so right now i speak in the name of jesus i command the storms of diseases that are going on we speak to them right now in the name of jesus and we say peace be still i i speak to any pain that is in your body any form of allergies the people that are, 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 are covid cases are going through covid crisis in hospitals and everywhere we stretch our hands and speak that same word together and say peace be still to the people that are lacking to the people that are lacking food finances and they they don't know even what to depend on the next day we stretch our hands and we speak together and say peace be still to the people that are feeling pain depression stress hypertension we we stretch our hands and speak right now in the mighty name of Jesus peace be still to someone who is feeling low someone who has lost their job they have lost favor before men that they can no longer do the things that they used to do before we stretch our hands and we speak the same word and say peace be still heavenly father i pray for someone also who is feeling so fearful full of fear for the bible is clear that you have not given us the spirit of fear but of love and of power and of a sound mind i speak a sound mind upon that person right now i command the same thing peace be still to that fear we command the spirit of fear to go away let your peace that surpasses human understanding begin to fill us and invade us and take over all all areas of our lives i thank you so much jesus because you are in control you never leave us you never forsake us in jesus name and everyone says amen wow it's been so amazing i am so glad thank you so much um uh, i never even got a chance to fully that sort of introduce <laughs> fully myself but uh, my name is Segawa Jimmy and uh, I serve with Watoto Church and through my friendship 
uh, with Pastor Rigo, my brother. I was excited to come and just share the message with you guys today. Thank you so much for loving on me. Thank you so much for allowing me to do this because your confidence becomes my security. I'm, I'm excited. I bring greetings from my wife, Susan. She's a very lovely woman. Today, I know you've also not gotten a chance to see, to see her. I took her over to visit her family. And, and it's just so amazing for her to just go and see her parents. It's, it's amazing. But uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. I love you all so much. I miss you all. And I look forward to interacting and having some conversations with all of you. May God richly, richly, richly bless you. Stay blessed. Thank you so much, Nest Church. May God bless you.